the Florida Gators may have done a weird thing where they've gotten most of their depth chart right. There's a little bit of a change I'd make. We'll talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work at Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. Today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jasemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And as always on Wednesdays, uh, the depth chart is going to come out tonight for the Florida Gators. I'm going to make some suggestions to the Florida Gators. Um, They're probably going to completely ignore them. However, th- there's a couple of things here. And again, some of these are suggestions. Some of them are just what I would do. I think one of the things that I would do and is moderately reasonable is putting Andy Jean over Khalil Jackson at wide receiver. And, and I'm not really the type of guy to go, oh, play the freshman. Um, that's not generally how I like to approach things. And I understand that last week, you know, Khalil Jackson had four catches for like 20, 25 yards. Andy Jean, I think, had one catch. But that's because for me, it's not just, oh, well, the production. Because um, that's silly. That's that's not a winning approach to take. I do think, however, that it just might be time to, to just let Andy Jean run. He's done a good job so far of, of creating separation relatively consistently i think that he's impressed when he's been given the ball and when he's been actually given the opportunity to catch the football and and run from that point and i think that it might just be time to to get a little juice we'll say i mean andy jean really only had opportunities against what charlotte he had a big play and Kentucky, he had a few catches. And I think that's where I really start to separate us to, okay, this is where he can make plays because he's got the deep threat ability, but he's also one of the smoothest route runners on the team. And and if you watch this show or if you listen to this show, if you're not watching on YouTube, one of the things that I love about Ricky Pearsall is he's such a smooth route runner. And one of the things that I've been saying this team doesn't have much of are smooth, consistent, fluid route runners. Now, Khalil Jackson's not bad. I'm, I'm not saying that he's bad at all. I think that aside from Ricky Pearsall, Khalil Jackson probably runs the best crosser on the team here. I think Khalil Jackson has made great plays to... Uh, we'll, we'll go back to the Kentucky game. It was 3rd and twelve. He ran a route about 16 yards up, cut it back a couple yards, and picked up like 
13 or 14 yards on the curl sitting in the soft. Like it was a great play. He's made great plays. I just don't think he's got the dynamic playmaking ability that, that this receiving room is looking for more of. Cause now you have Ricky Pearsall who can get open consistently as a route runner and can create yards after catch. You have Eugene Wilson, the third who we're not, I'm not even going to pretend that he's playing wide receiver right now. Eugene Wilson, the third is playing gadget and that's fine. Again, like I feel like I've said this before. I don't care that Eugene Wilson, the third isn't really running legitimate routes. I don't care that he's got an average depth of target at basically at the line of scrimmage. None of that matters to me. It doesn't because he's creating he's creating yards every opportunity he gets. So none of that matters to me. I don't care about that. And also NFL teams are drafting guys to be gadget players now. I just think that Andy Jean adds a little bit of juice to the lineup. I think that he adds a, a more of a deep threat ability than any other receiver on this team right now outside of what? Aiden Mizell, who's not playing, who's not getting playing time. So I think that looking at Andy Jean, that, that's a big name that I would look at. He's got one of the farthest average depth of targets on this team right now that's outside of, you know, Caleb Douglas getting the ball thrown deep to him. Um, Aiden Mizell has one too, although he only played in the McNeese State game, if I'm not mistaken. So I think Andy Jean adds the dynamic playmaking ability while also being a, a, a smooth and fluid route runner. I think that this team just needs more juice. It's as simple as that. So I think adding that juice would be with Andy Jean. Also, staying on the offense for really the entirety of the show, because we do have Hayden Hanson joining the show after this, but if Austin Barber, starting left tackle, isn't close to 100%, and by close to 100%, I mean if he's not like 95% healthy, I think that you put Damian George at left tackle again. I think they just go, okay, look, fine. Well, we're fine with take another week, put Damian George back at left tackle, keep Cameron Waits at right tackle with Lindell Hudson rotating in. And center, I think you can kind of give it a toss up here. And I don't mean that. As, I, I think that Kingsley Aguakin is a better overall player than Jake Slaughter right now. I think that Kingsley Aguakin probably right now has better NFL hopes than Jake Slaughter has right now. However, Jake Slaughter's improved in every game he's played in or not every game consistently, but he, he's taken steps in every game that he's played in. He's improved in areas. And also Kingsley Walken, the, the penalties are still a thing. Kingsley Walken has played in two games and he's got four penalties. It's rough sometimes, okay? So I think you go Damian George at left tackle. Because uh, I, I Let's say this. I think last week we saw maybe the best overall unit for the Florida Gators offensive line that we've seen this entire season. And I don't think that's being hyperbolic. I truly think that when you look at left tackle Damian George, left guard Richie Leonard IV, center Jake Slaughter, right guard Micah Mazuka and right tackle being Cameron Waits, I think that was the best unit performance that we saw from this entire offensive line this whole season. And again, Lindell Hudson could rotate in at either tackle spot. No complaints. Najee Harris can rotate in at either guard spot. 
no complaints. And as for center, uh, like I said, I think that the trade-off there is that Kingsley Watkins probably a better blocker. However, Kingsley Watkins will also commit more penalties. Like I said, Kingsley Watkins played two games. He has four penalties and 130 snaps. Jake Slaughter has played five games, 254 snaps, has two penalties. They had almost twice as many snaps, half the penalties. When Kingsley played this year, he didn't look that good, but I understand that that's because of an ankle injury, so I'm not going to fault him too much for that. I understand, and I know people are going to be like, oh, it was PFF grade. Um, There's certain things where PFF matters and PFF doesn't. And something like that, like, oh, we know his ankle's injured. That's why he's playing poorly. That's not something like, like PFF, like all grades and stats need context. So I think that if you look at Damian George, Richie Leonard IV, Jake Slaughter, Micah Mazuka, and Cameron Waits, you can roll into South Carolina with that lineup again and have a little bit of fun with it. I also think with that lineup, this offense is more willing to run more pull and more power games, power concept, where they've worked better than the wide zone blocking this year. They've just been better at that right now. Part of that is Richie Leonard the fourth. Part of that is Micah Mizuki. Like I know that we saw uh, Richie Leonard, I've, I've been saying, is very good when he pulls. That's something he's great at. Micah Mizuka, he was one of the, he was the guard on 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 GH, GH counter here. I know the light makes it funky, but on GH counter right there, if you're watching this, he was that guard that pulls right here. He was that guard that pulls across the formation. Hayden Hansen was the, the H that pulled on it. It was a hell of a play. Picked up a first down. I'll take first downs on first and 10 runs every single time. I have no problem with that. So I think that when you look at just the unit play, because this is something that we've talked about. I mean, I, I got hired to do this show about two and a half years ago. This is something we've been talking about for two and a half years. Offensive line play. It's more important how you function as a unit than how you function individually. And what we saw last week was the best Florida Gators unit play this season. I understand Austin Barber is probably the most talented offensive lineman on the team. I understand Kings League Watkins is probably the most talented center on the team. However, as a unit, when they were not there, they were, again, I'm not saying to bench Austin Barber when he is healthy, but if he's not healthy, don't necessarily rush him back too much if you feel comfortable. Like, you got a bye week after this. It's very important that I think that's a big part of this. You have a bye week after this game. So that means if you have someone who's not 100%, just give them time. You can keep them active, and, and if you know things aren't going your way, then maybe put them in. But I don't think that you need to be in a rush to get somebody back when you have the bye week coming up, and you can have them really fresh going into the Georgia game off your bye. I think that's one of the reasons that I think Trevor Etienne is not going to play this week. Again, I have no idea if he's still going to be listed as questionable right now. I think one of the reasons that he won't play is because then you have him fully fresh going into the Georgia game. But now we are about to be joined by Hayden Hansen, Florida Gators starting tight end. But before we get into that, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Jace Medical. Everyone should feel empowered for themselves and to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in case of an emergency. Jace Medical, make sure you have the medication in your hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation. 
and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com using promo code Locked On. Joining me now for Locked On Gators, like he does every Wednesday, is Hayden Hansen, Florida Gators starting tight end. And Hayden, just this past weekend, of course, big win over Vanderbilt, second most points scored this season. Just what was the, before we talk about the actual game, what was the the atmosphere like? Because it was homecoming, your first homecoming as as a starter. Just what was that? I don't know. Mama Hansen was there. So just what was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. I mean, Napier emphasized all week that that's going to be us in 10, 15 years coming back, bringing our family, watching the team. And there's going to be a, a standard we expect for them to play at. And uh, I feel like we did that. Uh, I was glad to see all the returning veterans and all the all the successful athletes getting honored there. And we we're glad we could win. Yeah. Um, and now I, I have to ask this. So against Charlotte, Arliss Boardingham, first career touchdown. And then against Kentucky, you – First career touchdown. And then against Vanderbilt, Arliss Boardingham, two touchdowns. Does that mean this weekend we can fully expect two touchdowns? Is, is that what we're looking for from you? Yeah, I mean, I wish, man. We'll see. Uh, I mean, that would be great, uh, you know. But, uh, yeah, I'm extremely proud of him. I mean, it's, it's cool to see a guy you work so hard with get what he deserves. So, uh, I, mean, I, I mean, I enjoy playing next to him. I feel like we make a pretty good duo. So, it's always good to see your boy scored. Yeah, what what's that kind of been like? Because you and Arliss came in – together as tight ends there for the 2022 recruiting class. And then now last year, neither of you guys played this year. You're, you're both now worked into their starting rotation and you both did it pretty early on into the season. I mean, you got your first start in week two after the Utah game and then Arliss a couple weeks after that. So just what's that been like where the parallels, despite playing the same position, both very different assignments and responsibilities, What's that been like just to, to grow together there? Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I mean, we both know we call them each other well because uh, we each do things um, that are, are the other person's weakness. You know, um, obviously he's more of a, a receiver threat. I'm more of an inline tight end. I mean, everyone does that. Um, and it's just cool because people – you got to worry about two different things. You know, we can always mix it up. You don't know who's going to do what. Because I mean, we can – I mean, I can still run routes. You know, he can still block. So, you never you never know. We can always mix it up. So, I feel like that really uh, adds women to the offense. Yeah, and the last point on our list, just because it, it popped into my head, um, that red zone score that he had from like the, the two-yard line, he, he lined up in the backfield, and, and then you guys ran that little boot slide. Just That's not something that we've really seen before in-game. Is that something that you guys have been working on often at all, of, of just different alignments and – kind of new things to throw at defenses yeah i mean i wouldn't say new i mean we've, we've had it in um just it was a good time to call it so we did yeah, and then now onto you there <laughs> you and vanderbilt's quarterback ken seals both weatherford ruse um j- just what was that like because if i'm not mistaken this is the first time you've played against someone from the same high school as you so just what was that like to obviously be on opposite sides and, and obviously get the win, but just you, you never really had that opportunity until now. Yeah, man, it's very cool. You know, um, it, it was kind of, it was just awesome watching him play. Um, he, he, he started as the, he was a true freshman at Vanderbilt, started that whole first season and then things didn't go his way. 
and uh, he's finally getting a chance to get back on the field now. And it was awesome seeing him. I remember, so his senior year was the year I moved to Weatherford. So um, uh, I always looked up to him and uh, it was cool to actually get to play him and, and even, you know, beat him too. It felt better. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it was cool. We, we got a picture. Um, so uh, it definitely makes, makes the high school proud that you come from, you know, we try to, I mean, Weatherford hasn't been on the map as lately. I think we have about four D1 kids in the last four years, I think, or like one in each class. So, uh, it's good to spotlight, you know, down in Weatherford. Yeah, um, I don't think I, I think there's been one kid from my entire high school to go any college level football. So, yeah, li- little little bit different there. But you said that so your year with Weatherford with, with Ken Seals as a senior year, you guys had one year of overlapping. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I I never I never played with him. The year I moved here was his last year, so he left. Okay. So quarterbacks both there and then yeah, i was still a quarterback at the time that's i was i was like generally moving over there to take, like, fill in for him after he left for quarterback and then uh you know, the college scouts and stuff kind of swayed me to try tight end and here we are i mean <laughs> starter in the sdc they, they, they kind of nailed that one a little bit uh and then this coming weekend you guys have south carolina absolutely walloped them last time last season uh 38 to Six, they had a special teams touchdown, and that was it on a fake punt. But how has prep changed going into this game? Because we know that Billy Napier has said, hey, we're going to travel earlier than usual. So so we know that's changed a little bit. Is there anything else going on that's different compared to previous road games? No, I mean, it's just we're prioritizing sleep a little more, for sure. Um, So uh, we're, we're getting there a couple hours earlier, just trying to settle it down before we play and just uh, have get off to a quick start. Let me tell you, prize picks has been the best way for me to make money playing daily fantasy sports this year. And if you've got skills, you can turn $10 into $250. A few easy taps and a little bit of research. It's simple and easy to play with quick withdrawals too. And it's what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Had a little 3B hit this past Sunday, taking Zay Flowers more than 43 receiving yards, two with Tungle Vailoa more than 275 passing yards, and Cooper Cup more than 63 receiving yards. Cashed easily. All of them really cashed easily. It was awesome. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. And against Vanderbilt, I mean, it was just, it was fun to see the offense get going, really. And I know that there were not, not ETN was there. Montreal Johnson was available. Trayon Webb was available. Just what is it like, or is there any difference, I guess, blocking for the different backs? Like, do you have to hustle more for guys that are kind of trying to trigger through the hole quicker or someone more patient? Is there any difference with that, really? Yeah, I mean, everyone has different styles, you know. Um, and at the end of the day, you try not to change your blocking for them, but I mean, uh, it just depends, you know. Um, I try to just do the job for same for everyone, you know, just do it perfectly. But uh, I mean, there definitely is different styles they have, and uh, it definitely impacts the way we block. And I know that during the NIO, we see this kind of frequently where running back puts their hand on the back of the tight end or the blocker or anything. Do you guys ever like, Is and I ask this as someone who genuinely has no idea about this part. Uh, do you guys ever have to like practice that, or or is it just like he's like, hey, just just get the hell out the way, or does he have to move you left or right? It's just natural. I mean, we don't really practice that though. 
And you guys did break out uh, the GH counter that we talked about, and people who watch this show have seen me draw it on a freaking legal pad a hundred times. It's a beautiful side. Hang on, I got a got a picture of it right here. Actually, uh, sent it to me today. Let's see here. It was uh right here. I don't know if y'all can see that. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm telling you, it, it's a beauty. I'm, I'm glad to see it break out. It, it, it's fantastic. I, I need to see it more. I'm, we, we now know that after last week, Billy Napier watches this show, and that, that, that's how he plans his offense. So it's great to see from him. Um, but you guys ran that GH counter. And also, if I'm not mistaken, the Ricky Pearsall touchdown was a GH counter bluff where you then ran the reverse Trick plays like that. I need to end the double pass with Khalil Jackson. Um, was something, but trick plays like is that something that you guys really get the opportunity to to work on often, or is it just like, hey, this is in the playbook. We we might break it out, but we're not going to commit too much time to it. Yeah, I mean everything y'all see in the game, we work extremely hard on all week. So we just we take every like scheme seriously, like we're going to run it, and if we don't, we don't. But I mean every play y'all saw. Even the watching way it didn't work out, we ran it a million times in practice. So, I have to ask: Have you have you guys been giving Khalil Jackson a little bit for that? Yeah. That was a duck that he threw up. Well, what happened was I was I was in front of him. I was supposed to pass protect basically for him, and no one came at first. I was like, oh, oh shit, something's about to something's about to happen because they dropped back way too many people on one trail. I was like, this is either going to be a dot or something bad's going to happen. And then. Uh, I, I was like, just felt him hold the ball behind me, and it, I felt like he just let it go too late, and then boom, right off the field. But I mean, at the end of the day, I guess you could say it was like a, a good punt. But uh, has has he tried to be like, but I was a high school quarterback, like <laughs> you can you can trust me to do it? Yeah, he's a. I mean, yeah, he, he's he's got the arm now. So yeah, oh yeah, no, it was that. It was just 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 straight up into the air a little bit there. But it, it, it's also fun to be in the position to get to make those plays. Like, I'm not going to complain about that because, yeah, it didn't work out. But if it did, he would have been on highlight reels for, for the rest of the year. Um, not not so much now. But I am curious, before I, before I let you go, who are some of the, I, I guess, the depth guys that you see in, in practice that stand out? Like, guys we don't get to see much on Saturdays. Like, we haven't seen much of... Jaden Robinson, for example. So who are just some guys that you see on scout offense or defense that really stand out for you? Yeah, I mean, so uh, we, so we start with defense, uh, just for the scouts to give us good looks. Uh, Quincy Ivory is one of them. Uh, we go at it. He, he's a really good job at um, executing the other team's looks. Uh, and then we go see offense. Uh, trying to think of – give me a position group. Give me a, Make it easier. Let's say just wide receiver. Okay, so wide receiver, uh, Aiden Mazel. He's a. I mean, he always shows up the speed in practice. You know, if you take one wrong step, he's few right past you. So uh, that's one too. He had a really good fall camp too. Uh, so yeah, he's always coming to practice with the right attitude, and he's he's always showing up. And another lineman, I, I can give you all a lineman, uh, Christian Williams. Uh, he's pretty solid uh, in practice too, and I, I know they feel good having him back it up just in case anything bad happens to any of the starters. You know. Uh, and I guess he will wear a defense. Uh, uh, I mean, he's starting to play a lot more now. Jakeem Jackson, um, 
Yeah, so y'all are starting to see him now, but I mean, before that, he was still he was still showing out too, and obviously that correlates to when he plays good, you know. So, yeah, uh, Jakeem Jackson and Aiden Mizell are going to be a very fast, <laughs> very fun wide receiver uh, corner duo for for quite some time there. But thank you so much, Hayden. This was Florida Gators starting tight end Hayden Hanson. Catch him every Wednesday with Locked On Gators and every Saturday with your Florida Gators. That's the end for me, Locked On Gators, your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow as it's crossover Thursday with Andy Lyon of Locked On Gamecocks. And we, we, we're going to have a fun one. I just know that every time that we link up, it's a good time. It's, it's like... Kanye and Jay-Z. That's that's us. Uh, for Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all our written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.